0: We've been wondering for a while what happened to Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts Well TMZ provided a partial answer yesterday or earlier this morning. Uh, police documents from Carmel Police uh, show that Jim Ursay overdosed on the morning of December 8th and was rushed to the hospital was blue. We'll talk all about it. We'll talk about what it means to the Colts if Ursay is not able to recover fully. How, where does that put the franchise? How do, we all care about Jim Irsay. And we all want him to recover. We also care about the team that he owns, and and that the Indianapolis Colts somehow continue to function in his absence. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit. As we also pray for his recovery. The, this is a guy who has dealt with addiction for a long time, and when you deal with addiction for a long time, at some point addiction. Winds up dealing with them. And it appears that that is the case with Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay has not been heard from since right around that time period, December 8th, by people who talk to Jim Ursay and, and hear from Jim Ursay regularly. They haven't heard from him from around the same window. TMZ goes on in the report to say, that they are not aware of whether that overdose that's described by Carmel Police in the police report that TMZ obtained, whether that is related to the current hospitalization of Jim Irsay. So uh, there's that as well. We're going to talk about uh, the overdose of Jim Irsay and uh, whether he can continue in his role as the, the guy who's in charge, the principal owner of the Indianapolis Colts, what happens if he can't? We'll talk about that. What does it mean for the Indianapolis Colts? We'll also talk about Indiana basketball. Indiana, losers last night to Purdue. And and you know what? We tend to overstate things a little bit, and I may have last night. I, I don't think I was overstating anything, to tell you the truth, but what what we tend to see when Indiana fails is a lack of culture. And what we see when they win is talent. Purdue last in in Purdue throughout the last dozen years or so, what we see when they win is culture and 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 not a a, a great amount of individual talent. But look, that that's the thing. That I think is overstated a little bit because Zach Eady can straight play basketball. He is really good and is 33 and 14 last night. Evidence, you know, uh, of that uh, exhibit A for the prosecution that Purdue is too often seen as a cultural victor rather than a talented team. This is Breakfast with Kent for Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. Brought to you by the great people at MyBookie. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, the wait's over, make your winning move today and sign up at MyBookie. Use promo code Kent to claim your deposit amount up to $1,000. That's right, Kent, for an opportunity to boost your betting power. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your home because with MyBookie, you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Join MyBookie today and be part of the winning team. All right, make sure and subscribe to this channel. Make sure and like this video. That's the thumb-up icon. And you know what? If you want to make a donation, make a donation. No big whoop. Let's talk about Jim Ursay uh, TMZ is reporting that they have Carmel Police documents that show a December 8th, 4.30 in the morning call to Ursay's home, uh, where Jim Ursay was uh, unconscious on the bathroom floor with a blue skin tone. He had been moved to his bed, was struggling to breathe. He had a weak pulse and constricted pupils. Um, the, Narcan was administered. They did a, a sternum rub to try to revive him. That didn't work, so they administered Narcan, and he responded slightly uh, police classified the event as an overdose and an overdose poisoning. TMZ closes its report saying it, it is unknown if Ursay's recent hospitalization is related to the overdose. We know. We, we got the statement from the Colts uh, last week saying, I, in fact, I think it was January 9th, that Jim Ursay was dealing with a severe respiratory illness. And, and was receiving excellent care. He would not be able to accompany his band to their event in Los Angeles, uh, hoping to uh, get back on stage with the band soon. We don't know whether he is still in the hospital. We don't know whether he's in treatment. We, we don't know where he is at this point. The family has asked for privacy as they deal with whatever this is. Uh, the rumors have been uh, and we've all heard them, so I don't think it's, and these are rumors, as I'm not reporting a fact, but that uh, Jim say remains in a coma. That has been um, what's kind of proffered on the edges uh, uh, as, as people have discussed what this is. Chris Ballard discussed it the other day, briefly said that he's stable. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. What does that mean? Um, you know, coma victims are stable. So there's been nothing to dissuade anybody from believing the rumor that Jim Ursay remains in a coma. Uh, this timeline kind of syncs with those who communicate regularly with Ursay who have not heard from him. And uh, he, he went quiet right around that same time, the morning of December 8th. It was at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, what's that mean for the organization? What's that mean for the Colts? It doesn't mean a hell of a lot for the Colts. For good organizations, and the Colts are a good organization. Owners own. General managers. Gen- general managers generally manage. Coaches coach. Players play. Sellers sell. You know, marketers market. That's what good organizations do. People stay in their silo a little bit, and there there's some commingling. There's getting together, and there's discussing. Uh, broad company wide goals, but overall, the focus of each person is on what they do best. And what Jim Ursay has always done best is own. Carly Ursay has been front and center with the organization for a while. She's in her office every day. Every time I go to the Colts uh, media availabilities, Carly Ursay's car is in the parking lot, it's there. She's in her office. People within the Colts say that she is in her office every day. We see her down on the sidelines, hard to miss. She wears interesting outfits. Uh, down on the sidelines, wearing headphones. She's got kind of a clipboard, and and she is in the process of evaluating, learning the game, trying to figure out what exactly she will eventually operate as the, uh, as the person who, who is in charge of the football and business operation of the Indianapolis Colts. So, trying to learn the game, trying to understand what she's dealing with while hopefully understanding that y- you hire people to do the jobs that they should do and you don't encroach on their kind of the- their area of expertise. Carly Ursay is never going to know the NFL as well as Chris Ballard, from a general manager perspective. She is never going to know the NFL as well as Shane Steichen as a head coach. You you cannot put yourself in that place and expect yourself to operate as well as the person who is in that role or why hired to that role in the first place. Just go ahead and do it. Kind of like what Bob Ursay did, Jim Ursay's dad, hired Jim as a general manager. He operated as the GM of the Colts from, it says, 84 to 97, but Bill Tobin was in there. I don't know what Bill Tobin's official title was, but he operated from 94 until 97 as kind of the de facto general manager. So he ran the football operation, put that thing up on its wheels, and that's how 95 happened. Then, Bill Polian was hired by Jim Ursay after the passing of Bob Ursay, and kind of it it was off to the races. So, that's how this worked. Owners own, general managers generally manage, coaches coach, players play. That is how a high-quality, championship-level franchise in the NFL functions. And when you have owners who step across those boundaries – You generally have challenges, major challenges, that corrupt that franchise ability to be successful. And by successful, I mean hang a banner. Bob Kraft knows, and I'm sure was reminded often, that Bill Belichick knows more about football than he does. So let him do his job. That's the way this works best. We'll see how this moves forward as we pray for Jim Ursay's recovery on several levels you know, and and want him back. We we see that uh, um, you know the Colts. As long as everybody kind of stays in their in their area of expertise, they're going to be fine, and there aren't going to be major changes. Ballard's going to continue to be Ballard. Steichen's going to continue to be Steichen, and Off you're going to go. Ed Dodds is going to continue to be Ed. And, and Mordecai Brown, or Morocco Brown Mordecai. Mordecai Three-Finger Brown, he's going to continue to lie in his grave in Terre Haute, Indiana, as uh, he's been dead for nearly 100 years. What he you got? He was a pitcher for the Cubs back in the day. Mordecai Three-Finger Brown. Morocco Brown, though, is going to continue to try to find guys that the Colts can win with. We'll see what he does in the draft. Uh, last night, Indiana got throttled by Purdue. The first half was ugly. Indiana trailed 51-29 at the end of the first half because they didn't play hard and they didn't play together. And if you don't play hard and play together, you have no chance to beat a team like Purdue, especially when they got a guy like Zach Eady, who had 33-14 and 14 last night. Zach Eady is a monster down low. He catches, he finishes, he plays exceptionally well. He's going to be the national player of the year for the second time the first guy to do that in back-to-back years since Ralph Sampson, uh, man, that was uh, that was about forty years ago. He was really good. Fletcher Lawyer knocked down threes. The second half was a different story. Indiana played with some tenacity. They came out of the locker room for the second half and and gave hope to that crowd. They cut that lead down to nine, and 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 they brought just that sliver of hope. But coming back from twenty-two down. Against a top five national team, even at Assembly Hall, way too much to ask, and and Indiana couldn't fulfill that hope for its fans. Uh, Trey Galloway pretty good last night. Ware pretty good last night. And Baco opened up strong last night. You know what though? Uh, Xavier Johnson with a flagrant. What you can't do. It, we talk about culture a lot. How much does culture count? I think culture counts a lot, to tell you the truth. There are people who tell you that that competition is nothing more than the aggregation of talent. And, and the team that's most talented is going to win most games. I think that's utter nonsense. I, I think that it is culture. I think that Indiana has to play like Indiana. But for Indiana to play like Indiana, they got to figure out what Indiana plays like. You've got to be a collective. You've got to be focused on the others on your team. You've got to play for them. You've got to try to put them in a position where they can succeed, not just yourself in a position where you can succeed. You can't, when the chips are down, say, okay, I'm about to take this thing over. You can't do that. That's not the way basketball works. Basketball is not an individual exploit, despite the fact that on occasion, basketball rewards individual greatness. Individual greatness can lift a team. Indiana doesn't have that level of greatness. I'm talking about guys like Allen Iverson or Michael Jordan. Even Michael Jordan figured out that he needed Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant and Bill Cartwright and B.J. Armstrong and uh, John Paxson to play really, really well in order to win championships. And once he figured that out and he compelled greatness from them, and started putting them in a position to succeed, rather than just focusing on himself, the Bulls started winning a lot. They won three, Jordan retires, comes back, they win three more. That is how that works. And Indiana, Purdue played like Purdue, didn't they? Like, whatever you think playing like Purdue looks like, that's what we saw last night at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Let's celebrate some birthdays. On what really is kind of a a day of reflection, as we've learned about uh, Jim say from those police documents uh, obtained by TMZ. Uh, Dustin Clemens, happy birthday, Kevin Kuzak, happy birthday, Jim Reamer, happy birthday, Betty Cantley, party Marty Jenkins, the great Marty Jenkins celebrating a birthday, and the great Her- the great Herb Gould of the Chicago Sun Times celebrating a birthday. Once with a newspaper, always with a newspaper. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Be good to each other. Lift each other up. Life's way too short to treat each other like crap. So don't do it. Treat each other well and make today a good day for somebody else. Live your life the way you want Indiana to play basketball. How about that? For each other.